Let me just share um, about the Morocco team. We're having them share this morning. All those who are on the team are going to be coming up here. They're taking the time for the sermon. This is so important because in Matthew 13, 44, you don't need to turn there. I'll just quote it. Here's, here's what Jesus said. This verse has deeply impacted the way we understand missions work, missionary work. Matthew 13, 44, Jesus said, that this gospel of the kingdom... That's the gospel of Jesus, life, death, resurrection. What we've been singing about this morning. We've all turned our backs on God. We face his judgment. He loves us. He sent Jesus to pay the penalty in our place so we could be forgiven, changed, restored. That's the gospel of the kingdom. He says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the ethne is the Greek word. So this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the ethne. And he says, then, when that's done, when the gospel's been preached to every ethne, every ethnic group, every linguistic group, then the end will come. God has a passionate heart for every nation, tongue, and tribe. And there's thousands of ethne, thousands of people groups in this world that still have, have not heard the gospel that have no missionaries in their culture, no Bible translated into their language, no church that fits their culture. There are still thousands of what we call unreached people groups in the world. So that brings us to Morocco, because, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, we, we learned about the Reef Berber people who live in North Morocco. There's 1.7 million of them and very, very few believers, just a handful. And this is a closed country. It's illegal to bring the gospel into to Morocco. But, as you've heard the story, I'll tell you, I'm let Jerry share the story about how this all happened. But so this is why, here at Mercy Hill Church, we are passionate about advancing the gospel, doing all we can to advance the gospel amongst unreached people groups. There are still over 12,000 distinct people groups that have no gospel witness. So, as you listen to these men and women share about the Morocco team, let the Lord touch your heart. Every one of us should be senders, which means we pray for those who go, we financially encourage and support those who go, we love those who go. When they come back, we love them here, support, pray. Every one of us should be senders, and I'm praying that God's going to call more of us to be goers. But everybody in the body of Christ should be a sender, and God will call some of you to be goers. And so as you hear the team sharing, just be praying, Lord, what are you calling me to do? How can I be more of a sender? Are you calling me to be a goer? And let me just mention, I am so thankful for Jerry Ship, my fellow elder, and his leadership of this team. Awesome. Woo! He won't tell you this, but um, they have said that the, this team and that the teams that come under, from under Jerry's leadership have been some of the best teams they've had in terms of unity, in terms of servanthood, in terms of attitude, in terms of heart, and much, I mean, obviously, that's ultimately due to the grace of God, but much of that is due to the grace of God working in and through Jerry Ship as a leader of this team. So, really proud of you, brother. Are you starting things off? Yep. Can we pray, and then we'll have Jerry come. Lord, speak to us at this time. It's hard for us to get our minds wrapped around North Morocco. It's a long ways away, different culture. Would you give us some of your heart for the Reef Berber people? This morning, help us to feel the hopelessness of being apart from you. 
Oh, Lord, help us to feel the wonder of your love. And help us to be stirred for how we can be senders, some of us be goers. Bring your peace upon the team now, Lord. Thank you for their being willing to share with us. So come and do a mighty work, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome Jerry Ship. Come on up, man. Well, thank you. I'm done. Thank you. (laughs) Steve was um, uh, getting to the point of sharing why we're actually there, um, why we've been allowed to be there. In 2004, there was a huge earthquake in that part of Morocco, destroyed many, many homes, killed a lot of people. Many of the dads were killed, leaving a lot of widows. So in 2005, we started sending teams over there to rebuild. And um, during that time, um, the Moroccan men were very like, okay, why are you guys not helping us? We're guys. We're a lot more important than these women because they're kind of just widows now. And it's kind of hard for our Western mindset to understand that. But our... um, our missionary and a couple of Moroccan uh, Christians were able to share with them that, you know, you have a holy book called a Quran. We have a holy book called the Bible. And in that, our, our belief in Jesus, he teaches that true religion is to help the widows and the orphans. They accepted that. And over the next few years, Many of these men that were standing on the sidelines started actually working for the missionary there, helping us build homes. And they have become believers in Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, from them, our Moroccan brothers and sisters, I say thank you. You know, I'm so excited about our community here at Mercy Hill that... um, we have been a great part of what John wrote in Revelation 7-9. In that he said, I see a great crowd. Too numerous to count. I could see him just looking. Millions of people out there, too numerous to count. From every nation. From every tongue, every tribe. And they're praising the Lamb of God. We're part of that. The refurbers for people in China, people in the Philippines, people in Mexico, Nicaragua, all those places where, where we have a little part of being senders. And a few of us have had the privilege of being goers. A church that should make you very excited, really excited and joyful. What a privilege it has been. And I thank you for your commitment to pray for us, to fast for us while we're gone, to financially support this team. But in the last, in the last eight years, we've helped build 120 homes. We started the 120th this year. A woman with eight children. Um, tragic story. And somebody else might share it, but I'll just barely touch on it. But just a tragic story that she's she is now a widow because her husband has been thrown into jail 
for a terrible thing that he did. And I don't know if Sue may share some of that. But um, So there's a grandpa there. And the grandpa is um, just a, a really sweet guy. I uh, really enjoyed uh, meeting and talking with him. But, but I'm thinking about those 120 families. You know, we're, we're talking about probably 800 people directly affected by this building program. Numerous extended family. I mean, everybody knows about the builders. I mean, I've had people in San Jose ask me if I was one of the builders. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> But I only have time for one story that I would like to share, and it's about the grandpa. Uh, he called me Subami, which means the old man. So, <laughs> of course, I called him Subami also, because he's older than I am. Um, but he was the, he's the grandpa, the father of the lady we're building the house for. And he told us that over the years he had had a transistor radio, and he was listening to a, a preacher out of Spain and talking about a blood sacrifice. So here's this home being built, and he's sitting around talking about it. He says, you know, after the home is finished, he said, what we do in Islam, we slaughter a sheep, and we sprinkle the blood around the house. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But he sprinkles the blood around the house, on the house, to keep the evil away. Kind of sounds a bit like Passover. <laughs> so we were able to share with him that the sacrifice of Jesus as the Lamb of God. And he takes away the sins of the world. We as believers, he has cleansed us from our sin. He has given us his righteousness And we will be living with him through all eternity because of our faith in him. Not because of the works we do. Not because we build a mosque or we die in jihad. But it's because of our faith in the Lamb of God. So he had a, he kind of had a moment there. It was like an aha moment. That's what that preacher on the radio is talking about. He's talking about that supreme sacrifice, sprinkling of the blood on our lives. It was, um, it was like he has a glimpse of what Jesus has done. And the missionary that is there full-time and the Moroccan that has uh, been a Christian now for a few years that's actually the Bible teacher, they're, they're going to continue uh, teaching him, showing him Jesus and the love of Jesus. It was a great moment. (laughs) So on behalf of myself, Sue and Nicole, Emily, Scott, Andrew, and Christopher, again, thank you for sending us that we can share the love of Jesus with these people. So on behalf of uh, all of us, we say shukran, which is Arabic for thank you. And... um, so the question that we all have to answer is, where is the Morocco in your life? We all can't go to Morocco. We all can't go to China, all these places. But all of us have that place in our lives that's our, that's our mission field. First of all, our children, our spouse, our extended families, 
our workplaces, our neighborhoods. You know, don't be fearful. Jesus said a wonderful promise that he made. He said, go. He said, I am with you. So I thank you. Shukran. And I think we've got Andrew. Good morning. Um, I think one thing that really struck me early on, or rather when we got back from the trip, was how short it was. It just blew right by. Um, maybe because it, I had enjoyed myself a lot, or was it because just it, um, there's just so much to do that we just didn't have time to really think and reflect on it. But I've had a chance to really reflect on it since then, and um, it's been a very humbling time for me. I like to read a passage from Ephesians 2 that I shared with the team while we were in Morocco. Um, Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And it was um, a very powerful verse to me because as I was there, I was thinking to myself, you know, this, these tasks that we were doing here, these were already planned out by God long before I even signed up for the trip, long before I signed up for this church, even. And um, it was a very awesome feeling that God was very faithful in leading me into this path, leading all of us into this path, um, willing the earthquake to happen to allow us to come and serve him um, sacrificially. Um, while we were there, we had we heard a couple of testimonies, one from a former imam and one from a former drug dealer. And it occurred to me that it was just like here that the gospel really hits the heart. It transcends every culture, every walk of life, every um, from the educated elite, such as the imam, to the, to the drug dealer who was in prison. Um, and it was very powerful that to see that really happen where I, I see a very homogenous lifestyle here where I only see one kind of a type of socioeconomic spectrum, but to see it happen here in Morocco where where it happens in such extremes is uh, really shows me how the gospel transcends all of all of life and all all people of all backgrounds. So it was um, very um, humbling and very uh, much a blessing for me to to witness that. Um, so we go there, and we we it could have been very easy for us to just send money there, and it could have been very easy to just save the money that we spent on the plane tickets and room and board, and just have them build it, but. Uh, we've been told that it's being physically present there, showing up and actually helping out building these homes, which for a guy like me who has a desk job is really backbreaking labor. <laughs> and um, it really does give them a lot of hope. And we were driving around the countryside, and I can just look out and see, wow, I could be, this Morocco doesn't look any different from California. If we could be serving him here, doing the same things as well. And I would encourage you to do look for, like as Jerry said, look for your Morocco and search out your opportunities here as well as overseas. But uh, ultimately, I wanted to thank the church and thank everyone else who supported us for their faithfulness and their prayer. It's been um, very... <clears throat> I feel very blessed by it because I think by as the team gelled together, we had we got along very well. We 
didn't have very many injuries. We didn't have very many illnesses. Um, I think it was all due to your faithfulness and in your prayers. And I was been, I'm very, um, I'm very blessed to have um, the church as well as the the other believers who we've notified outside the church that um, your faithfulness and prayer has done a great deal for us. Um, we are God's army, but this army fights on its knees. So all of Mercy Hill went with us to Morocco. Only seven of us were physically there, but all of Mercy Hill was there. And I was very, very blessed to have everyone supporting us and praying for us. Um, I want to extend on what Steve had said about sending. John Piper one time said, I was at a conference where he said this, and it kind of blew my mind. He says, for every Christian, when it comes to world missions, you are either one of three things. You're either a goer, a passionate sender, or disobedient. And I really want to thank you all for your obedience and your faithfulness in praying for us. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you. I want to share a little bit about what it's like for the women there because it's extremely different. Um, not only is it a Muslim culture, but the reef berbers um, are even more, I guess, restrictive or strict in terms of that. Um, what I'm doing here, this is not adequate. This is Muslim adequate, and it would be okay like in Casablanca or something. Um, but in the reef berber area, you actually have to make sure that none of your hair is showing. So this would have to be on, you know, much much tighter. Um, you need to wear something that's like at least this long, and you need to cover your arms as well. Um, on the work site, because they're kind of used to Westerners, we can get away with a baseball cap and that kind of thing. Um, but in general, that's not the case. Um, this time, we were working mostly for this one family, except for the last morning um, we did a roof, but otherwise we were um, at this one family's home. And there was sort of a little compound where the grandparents, the woman that we were building for, her seven of her eight children, um, and a brother and a sister-in-law and a couple of sisters came to visit while we were there, uh, where they were all staying. And there's a big, um, the work site was out here and we were back here and there was a big cactus fence. Um, which I found out that they could see through and would, if they heard a car or anything, they would go and check to see what was going on. Um, this is the first time I kind of got privy to that, but um, because we were there for so long, for over a week at this one site, um, I was able to visit quite a bit with the women and, and stay with them and kind of get a feel for what was going on on their end. Um, it was funny because there was a path out to the work site from uh, their compound and they would come maybe a little bit out or just to the edge of the cactus but that's as far as they would go and the, but the minute we would leave if you turned around as we were driving away you could see that they were out there checking out what we had been doing that day um, but the women won't mix with Moroccan men at all um, that's completely taboo in their culture and so um, Often the women, except for their whatever their extended family is that they live with, they don't get to ever interact with anybody. So they were so excited, even though I couldn't speak the language except for maybe five or six words, um, they were so excited to have me. And so what would happen in the morning, we'd come out to the work site, and I figured, oh, they need a little time to get going and stuff, you know, 
back behind the, the cactus so I won't go back there for a while and besides I can get something done um, but inevitably grandpa would come out and then he would be like they want you get back there <laughs> and then they would pull out their you know best chair they have a couple plastic um, garden chairs um, and you, you have to sit in the chair one time grandma came a little ways out past the, the gate line with me um, and she sent one of the kids back for one of the chairs and then she got in a big fight with me and insisted I sit in it and she sat on a rock it was ridiculous but this is the kind of you know hospitality the kind of way that they do everything um, and that they they're so serious about um, even though they would talk about me it was clear she and her daughter would talk about me or she and her one of her daughters would talk about me in front of me um, and then they're all over you like I, I took some little projects some crocheting and Nicole and I did some beadwork and some little stuff we took um, and they'll sit practically on your lap to see what you're doing and then they want to check everything your skin your hair your nails um, just have a totally different sense than our culture here um, about what's appropriate and, and what feels okay and, and what they want to do. Um, and I just wanted to, to also just reiterate or echo what Andrew has said about thanking all of you for supporting us. Even if you didn't come, um, we completely rely on your support and are so appreciative of that. Um, and know that the importance of the centers is just as great as those who go uh, as well. Salam alaikum. Peace be upon you. You'd think after four years I'd get used to being up here. I haven't. <laughs> but... Um, Every year I look forward to going back. You pretty much all know that. I've been officially nicknamed the Morocco girl here, I think. But after four years of going, I think I've realized that the best part is seeing the changes in the people we've known from years before. Three people this year especially impacted me in the way they had changed. Um, first year, we built a house for a man with, with uh, seven children. And they were incredibly poor. They lived in a mud house that was collapsing. And at one point during a rainstorm, he had taken his children outside to be under a tarp because he was afraid his house was going to wash down the hill. Since we built him a house, he has uh, done very well. His farm is doing great. He's got multiple cows and donkeys, which there is as good as life can get. And as far as we can tell, he has become a Christian along with most of his family. And it's amazing to see how that affects their daily life. Here we see, oh, they've become a Christian. And you can see small changes in how they are. But there, the difference between being a Muslim and a Christian is huge. There, when, you, when I first met him, it was very hard for him to even shake my hand, the way the culture in, uh, influences him. But now, uh, he can sit. He will sit in a room with us for an hour and just share stories back and forth about what he remembers from us being there years before. Uh, he even remembers how much Josh drinks tea. <laughs> um, and he, he, it's just amazing to see his smile, how he lights up when he sees us and gets to spend time with believers. 
The other two people that uh, I've seen change are the people that Andrew mentioned, the drug dealer and the uh, imam. The drug dealer, he uh, has changed so much. Six years ago, Jerry built him a house, and since then, his wife has been baptized as possibly like the second Christian woman to be baptized in centuries in that country. And his children have grown up as Christians, and they're so sweet. But he's, he's also lights up. It's amazing to see him tell his story and how he loves us. And this year I got to spend more time with the imam as well. Uh, four years ago we witnessed his baptism, which was a major first. And um, this year he came to tell his story at the house and he hugged and kissed all of us, women included, and he declared us as part of his family, which the family connections there are so strong. And I spent a day at his house with his family, and his relationship with his kids is far closer than any other family in that country. He laughs with them, jokes with them. We took pictures and put, like dress, played dress-up practically. He hugs and kisses us, and he was just joining and hugging us in pictures and it was so fun to see him change and grow like that and of course I love spending time with the children there too though I'm not sure they completely understand the message we're telling them they definitely they definitely love us and respond to us um, two years ago we built a house for a family um, with only two kids but of course the extended family and all the neighbors come and they followed me around for days it's so amazing to go back to see them and play with them. We played Jej Jej Shamar, Chicken Chicken Ducky, or Duck Duck Goose, for, for almost an hour. <laughs> it's fun to teach them how <laughs> to play games like that. But I just love seeing everyone there and how they've changed and having them be some of my best friends on the other side of the world. And I hope I get to go back and see them next year. <laughs> Shukran, thank you, and... Baslama, uh, go with peace. So, hello, I'm Emily, if you don't know me. Um, so, this was actually my second trip to Morocco, even though I've been before, but I was like seven, so it's kind of half a lifetime ago, so I wouldn't really count it as going. I was physically there, but not mentally, so... Um, so that was one of the things that made me want to go to this trip was that I had been there before but I wasn't really there so when I had heard Jerry and Steve they were t when they were talking about the 2011 trip I got really interested in it and I was just like this is this year I want to go I'm just it has to be done so and so we started you know planning and everything meeting and so we're ready to go to the airport we wake up and I have a back injury and we have no idea what's going on I just so for the first week of work I'm totally out of work and I can't do anything and it was bad so um, but it was a really good thing too because it was it resulted in me going and staying time with the women and I got really close to the oldest daughter um, I can't remember her name, but she was 14, the exact same age as me, and uh, we were just having so much fun. We understood each other, even though we didn't like speak the same language. And we walked around the hillside. We were hand in hand picking flowers and like finding shells, and it was just little fairy tale thing. It was amazing. <laughs> um, 
one of the other days that I was there, she, they were sort of really interested in my nails because I had blue nails, and it was just, they were just like, oh my gosh, what is that? And so the next day, I came up and I brought my red nail polish and I painted their nails, and it was just, it was great because they were just fascinated by it, and everyone was smiling, and it was such a fun time. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, I also want to really thank you guys for praying and fasting for us. It is it was amazing. I could I just felt like no matter what everything is going to be fine cuz you guys you were like taking care of us by praying for us and everything was going to be okay. Never felt like unsafe or anything. Um so yeah. So I did get a lot of new experiences on this trip and it was amazing. I just can't thank you enough for sending us and really your support is what made us go so thank you shukran hi i'm scott um <clears throat> so this is my first time to morocco so i wasn't really sure what to expect um i think you know the passage that really kind of comes to mind from this whole experience really is, is something that we talked about or that Steve's actually preached on just a few Sundays ago uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I think the most impactful <clears throat> doing a Jerry up here. <laughs> um, the most impactful and uh, and moving uh, experience for me uh, for this trip um, all had to do with with the grandpa as well. Um, you know, we 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 got the privilege of working at a worksite that that they hadn't done anything on yet. It was just a bare hill and all, you know, we arrived the first day and it's just a big pile of sand and, you know, they hadn't even, you know, taped out where we're going to, where we're going to build this thing with, with uh, string or, or anything like that. So that was the first thing we, we got to show up and start, start working on it. Um, it is a, it's the, we're building a home for a, a family, this woman that has eight kids and, um, so the, the grandpa, basically what happened is, is the woman's 14, she has two twin daughters, 14 years old. The one 14-year-old uh, daughter had been raped by the, the husband. And so the husband was put in prison. And so the woman and her family is basically, her, her husband's family is completely rejecting her. So she, the only way she can survive with her eight kids is, is under... Um, you know her parents' uh, household, and so there, there had to they had to the grandpa, grandma, you know, they had to take her their daughter back in with their eight kids, and and so you know they're all living in this very small compound as Sue talked about, and so that's what that, that's what we were there to do, and so we really had the privilege of being able to spend the bulk of our time all but one day uh, at this one site. So I'm going to take a little bit more time, sorry, but because um, I just want to say a little bit more. Um, so my story, or my the thing that was most impactful to me was the relationship with the grandpa. Um, so 
you know, we were spending seven or seven days, I think, work days out there on that site. Started from nothing, and we're just working hard to, you know, gather rocks and move rocks and move rocks some more. <laughs> um, mix cement, move cement, you know, pick pick dirt, shovel dirt, just real manual labor kind of stuff. And the grandpa would always come out and he he'd kind of check us out. He kind of be milling about looking and 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 uh and just kind of absorbing what we were doing and i think you know he he'd sit there and joke around with the with the folks that spoke moroccan i mean arabic and uh and uh it, they they it was clear he was he was an interesting just kind of quick-witted kind of guy and it was he's he'd sometimes get on the nerves of the, the moroccan workers by trying to tell him what to do and stuff but but he was he was a really interesting interesting character so he 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 got to witness just us working hard and being a team and just you know joking with each other and and just you know working hard and 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 seeing that these people are here doing this work for free and why you know and and so um several times he said something like uh you know god your god's gonna um be very pleased with what you're doing here, you know. And and one of the ladies that spoke Arabic said, "Well, you know, we're not doing it. We're not doing it to please God. We're doing it to because we're doing it out of love of Christ, the love of Jesus that we want to serve. We want to do to do this. We're not doing this because we have to. We're doing it because we 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 want to serve Jesus." So, the grandpa got to see this, and um, so our normal routine is we'd have lunch. Uh, we'd, we'd work until about one. We'd have lunch. Uh, they'd bring out a big bunch of food, and the Moroccan workers from the other work sites would come and join us. And uh, so we'd have a meal, and then about a half hour later, we'd, we'd uh, they would do a devotion in Arabic. They, you know, somebody would read from Arabic, the Arabic Bible, and the workers would get to hear that and basically talk about that for a few minutes and have have a have a devotion. And so. Um, that was kind of our normal routine, and we, you know, we would just sit and listen and and just kind of be quiet as they're as they're doing the, the devotion. The, the grandpa didn't really go to these, you know, he would usually be off when we had lunch and the devotion. But the last day when we did the 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 last day was the final pour of the foundation, and he. The, what happened was is it took a little longer. We wanted to make sure and use up all the concrete. So, so lunch ended up happening like at three or four in the afternoon. You know, because we wanted to do it, finish all the cement work, and then you know when it was still wet, and then and then finish it and then eat. So the grandpa happened happened to be out there, and he didn't eat with us, but he stuck around for the devotion. And this is the first time he'd done that. So it's the final day. We finished the pour, cement's all nice and smooth. He sticks around. And he he sticks around for the devotion, and so th- to me this this moment was was really special because we're eating lunch and I'm talking to Joey, who's kind of the coordinator. He's the missionary there, missionary family, and he I asked him, are we going to have a devotion today? And he said, well, he was kind of hesitant, and I said because. He was hesitant because the, the the main Moroccan worker, Tuhami, I know that doesn't mean anything to you guys, but he's he is um, he's kind of a distant relative of the grandpa, and the 
so so he's given he's he's he was going to have Tuhami read the Arabic Bible for the devotion, but he wasn't sure that Tuhami would want to do it because this man's a relative, and in Morocco it's all Muslims. If you share your share the fact that you're a Christian, you can be kind of setting yourselves up, especially with distant relatives. You can you can cause real consequences that can be a problem for you. And so Joey wasn't sure that Tuhami wanted to do that. So I asked, well, why don't we just do it in English? Why don't we do, you know, I'd love to, we, I think we'd enjoy having a devotion in English. And, and he thought a moment and he said, no, well, let me ask Tahami. So he asked this Moroccan worker, would you read from the, from the you know, would you do the, do, the, do the reading today? And he said, yes. And so he did the reading and the, the grandpa was there to hear the reading. And, and, you know, we're not, I don't know what, you know, I don't speak Arabic. I'm not, I don't know what, what he's saying. So I'm listening, just, I just remember just sitting there, looking out towards the field, across this kind of a valley and a mountain, and just listening and praying for the Holy Spirit to just work. Because I know that the grandpa is here listening. And this is, this is the, fir- the one, you know, last day. He's, he hadn't done this any other time. So it was a real opportunity. So I'm just praying for that. And I am, it's just an awesome moment because the, the, the wind is, is kind of gently breezing and there's like a field of, of wheat or barley. It's pretty much almost ripe and it's kind of moving gently. And there's a, there's a, a bird soaring up and down in the breeze and it's just it's just a beautiful moment and i'm just listening and praying as as tahami reads the the devotion and then the 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 grandpa after that he actually starts asking some questions and they actually have some dialogue and so it's like it was just awesome because to me this is what it's all about i mean we get to go there we get to share our light, as I said at the beginning, to serve God doing this manual labor, and it opens doors. And so so it was really a special chance for for the grandpa to hear the word of God and to have an opportunity to become a Christian. And I think, to me, this just crystallized everything about this trip. It's just the fact that, you know, because at first when I was doing this, I was like, well, we're just going to do manual labor, you know. But it's, you know, God uses it. And so it was, to me, it was the most special time of the trip. And so we, I'll wrap up here, that we, we finished uh, the devotion. We, you know, picked up all our tools and everything, and we had some team pictures and and then we said our gr- goodbyes, and uh, you know, Jerry hugged the grandpa and uh, and, and told him goodbye, and it, and it was clear that both grandpa and uh, Jerry were fighting tears, and so his his heart was touched, and and I know our hearts were touched as well. Boy, how can it get better, you know? I don't know. <laughs> but every year we go, um, our hearts are touched. In fact, everybody that has been on teams, could you all just stand up for a moment? I see Lori over there and 
the Keens, Connie, Didi. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, guys. Yes. And even the jailbird got to stand up here. I think, as you all remember, the few months before the earthquake, Steve had gone over to North Morocco with a group of about five guys. And um, they got arrested for being bad Christians. No. <laughs> Passing out Christian literature. And... Uh, but it's good. To, it's good that that he was there because um, God planned it. God planned the connection that Steve had with the people in Morocco. And what seemed to be a, a bad thing, God has turned it to good. I love that scripture. Anyway. Um, the father of the beard. That's what the Moroccans call Christopher. And I'm sorry he's not here right now. Um, I understand he's in San Diego yesterday, so it looks like he didn't make it back in time. But uh, all of all of these teams every year, just like we are, we are very touched and so glad that you've given us the opportunity to be goers. And uh, I thank you for being a sender. All of us goers are also senders. And uh, boy, it's habit for me. It really is. <laughs> so like Andrew, Andrew quoted uh, John Piper about world missions. You're either a sender, a goer, or you're being disobedient to the word. So I just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, these Moroccan brothers and sisters, thank you. Um, Nicole had mentioned... Uh, the drug dealer, and just a, just a couple of second minutes about the drug dealer. He, in 2007, Lori Harnden and Josh and Charlie Strauss and I, we we did a roof pour for her home. And Habib is this fellow's name. He's a drug dealer at the time and addicted to hashish, and he was just kind of hanging around the job site. I took a picture of him and his wife and his two children. And he was gaunt and drawn and just, um, he looked like a drug dealer. Um, this year, uh, well, in 2010, he became the Bible teacher at the job site. God had got a hold of him. Um, things had happened in, in his life. He, uh, he was in the hospital after an accident they had on the job site. He broke his back in exactly the same spot that he was stabbed in the back 15 years before with a drug deal gone bad, and he had been disabled. Well, when the car accident happened, broke the back, we had insurance, his back got fixed. Uh, while he was in the hospital, when he gets his testimony, he said, while in the hospital, he had a dream. After like 10 days in the hospital, he fired himself as being a drug dealer, which meant no income for him and his family. And Jesus totally healed him of his addiction. And within a year and a half, I think, or two years later, uh, because of his, his drive to serve Jesus, 
he is now the the teacher at the job site, and just a wonderful guy. I mean, you look at him now; his countenance is like, "Wow, are you are you the same guy?" And he said, "No, I'm not the same guy. I'm born again." So, thank you, thank you for making that possible. Chakra. See. Thank you, team. I mean, it's, it's been it's powerful for us as, as the rest of the church to be able to share in what the Lord did in you and through you, and we are really grateful to be a part of it. So my challenge to all of you is to be uh, senders, as we've been talking about, uh, to seriously consider being goers. Lord willing, we'll go again next year at the same time. And I would just challenge all of you, all of you pray about not just being goers to a you know a, a two-week trip to Morocco, as important as that is, but pray about being a goer. See if the Lord wants you to go permanently to Morocco. Or there's again, like I said, there's thousands of unreached people groups. And we'd love to talk to you about what that would mean and and how that would move ahead and how that might develop. The Lamb that was slain, Jesus Christ, is worth it all. And so it just brings me so much joy to be able to think of of these people, the drug dealer and the grandpa hearing the gospel and being saved, um, who never would have had a chance to hear the gospel otherwise. So where's your Morocco? Like the team has been reminding us. Um, Let's pray and ask God to just work this deeply into our hearts. Father, again, thank you for the team. Thank you for Jerry's leadership. Thank you for this whole body here and the money that was raised, $15,000 plus. Thank you for the fasting and prayer that took place that every day while they were gone at least one person was fasting and praying for the team and it just brings us such joy Father to hear what's happened so thank you you are so good to us through Jesus and Lord help all of us to just have our our, our eyes our vision widened our, our hearts enlarged and that we really would be asking you Lord do you want us to be goers do you want us to to go to Morocco next year? Do you want us to go um, permanently to, to live in a place, learn the language, learn the culture, love the people, give our lives to to planting a church amongst an unreached people group like what's happened in Morocco? So Lord, stir our hearts, and, and especially Lord, with our own neighbors and our work associates and family members who don't know you. Lord, we want to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is. So strengthen us in this, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.